Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show has a sponsor. Ho! Who is it? Cheshire Impact. Who are these guys? They're on a mission to help you maximize your use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam! I, you know, I, the whole reason I do that is just so I can do bam at the end. Now, I got to tell you, the guest today, I'm so excited. The conversations we're going to have is like the ones we've had at Dreamforce. It, it's, it's like hearing two wizards in their, in their lab talking about magic spells that they're casting. Uh, she is a sales and marketing strategist. Now, I don't use that word or the fact that she is a certified in Salesforce and in Pardot She's an expert, and I don't, I don't use that or strategist lightly. I don't take, this is the no BS zone, but she is that. And what's even cooler is that we get to work together. She is the solution architect at Cheshire Impact. She is the one working and designing um, frameworks and workflows and solutions with people. Friend, amazing teammate, Jennifer Schneider, how are you? Hey, everybody. Well, thanks, Casey. How's yes. that? Pretty awesome. Welcome. <laughs> I almost lost myself in your introduction because there's <laughs> so much. And then, you know, yeah, I've got the Starbucks though. So I am, I am Perfect. locked in. I've got my coffee as well. You do too? Yeah. Good. Super Good. pumped to be here, guys. Super pumped to talk about all things dynamic content. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The, the theme for this show um, is around you know that CSI roadmap. We've been talking to people. You know, we we run into folks that get marketing automation, and then they're like, "Hey, using it like Mailchimp," or they're not really using is the whole point. So we create this roadmap called the CSI, and it's like, do this first, do this next, do this next. And each month this year, we've been talking about a different one of those steps. Everything from getting to know your buyer to eventually setting up ROI tracking, so you know what's going on. Step, 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 nurturing, aligning with sales, all sorts of goodness. Now we're on to the really fun phase, the optimization phase, where we're talking about cool stuff like testing. And one of my favorites was the idea is the concept of personalization, dynamic personalization, really customizing the journey to the buyer. That's the theme. So I am stoked and I'm glad you're here to really just crush. And so I want to pass you Thor's hammer <laughs> and I, Please, are there any myths that you want to smash? In you hear bogus strategies, like we were saying earlier, this is your therapy session. Are you hearing stuff out there? People are saying, oh, yeah, this is the case. That is not the case, right? Or just options. You just want to set the record straight. You bet. I, I think um, one of the biggest misconceptions that, that we see is uh, folks are like, yeah, I'm using dynamic content. You know, I put their first name in. I put their company in. It's totally yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. That is not dynamic content. It's not it, huh? Uh, I mean, you know, that's great that we're doing some personalization. We're taking that effort, but uh, we're going to definitely dive in today about how to personalize that content, uh, maybe even the look and feel. Uh, really, really tailored. And again, cut that time for your marketing team. Instead of creating four different segmented emails, mm. you can create one email and segment it. Um, using dynamic content. So that's probably the first one. Okay. So um, it's not yeah, just, yeah. I mean, this is, you got to unpack this. It's not just first name. Like I did that. I'm done. Right. More exactly. To personalizing this journey. Yes, absolutely. It's not like an easy A, you know, that teacher in high school, whatever. <laughs> exactly. No, that's not what exactly. this is. Now, now that has some effect, right? The idea of 
putting in their name. I mean, I think sure. studies show people will, maybe will read it, even if they know it's from some bogus source, they see their name in it, but there's more to it. Is it, is it like an iceberg where most of it's below and you, we're not even seeing it? Absolutely. That's a really great analogy, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's all about pre-work and understanding who you're talking to and making an impactful message. Um, And whether it's content, product or service related, uh, you want that email not only to be tailored to that person, but tailored to what makes sense and what what compels them. If if they're a certain... you know, in a certain position, they're a CEO versus a CIO versus a director. All three of those people can think about the same topic in three different ways. Interesting. Um, and so whether we're segmenting by industry or by persona or um, by any of those things, you want to make sure that the actual content is compelling, uh, not just that subject line and that name. And I think we rely on that as marketers a little too much. And this tool allows us to take it to the next step. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like, it's almost safer staying. I'm going to change the first name. I'm going to A-B test the color of the button, which we <laughs> right. know from a couple podcasts ago, you don't need to ever do again. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the color has been discovered. I'm not going to tell right. you, you need to go rewind back and listen to that, uh, that episode. But yeah, right. So it's like, there's this safe playground. We're kind of, oh, I can hang out over here, but you're missing so much. And mm-hmm. your buyers are kind of getting the shaft with you know, maybe generic content or maybe content that's geared for not them and yep. they're not engaging. So if you're wondering why your really cool white paper is getting eh, sort of tepid, lukewarm temperature reaction, maybe you're just not personalizing the journey for everyone. You might Absolutely. have multiple personas, you know? Absolutely. They're just not getting to it. I mean, I talk about this with, with clients all the time. Think about your own inbox. Make it like, yeah. how many emails a day do you just delete you know, we, we yeah. all know that marketing automation exists. Okay. You're not fooling anybody. Right. Everybody knows you didn't sit and craft those 4,000 emails yourself Yeah. You to stand out. You have to do something different. And so if right. everyone else is just doing the subject line, uh, take it to the next step, be that first person. Uh, so that, that's what we want to dive into today. I'm pretty excited to talk about it, but as you can see, I'm very passionate um, about it, but um, there's a lot to be done and a lot to discover. Huh? Surface level. So, okay. So it's important. Why we get more engagement. Do you have people ever push back and say like, why should I do this? Cause it takes, why should I leave the safe playground? Or do people just generally accept that? Yeah, I think, um, I think they love the idea of it. Um, and anytime a pushback I have is when they uh, start to understand the process of how to do it. Well, then we've entered into a whole new realm and maybe we'll cover that later in the call. But, um, there is definitely some process and some alignment between marketing and sales to make it happen. And that can be a very scary place for a lot of teams who haven't collaborated with their internal teams. So that would be the biggest pushback. And honestly, you, you know, you, you just need a process or a hand to kind of get you through that process. And uh, so, yeah. Do you, do you hear people saying things like, I can't start because I don't have X or mm-hmm. like, what, what are people, what's going kind to of sort of the hesitation? Yeah, you bet. So, I mean, the people that understand dynamic content and how it works, just really high level, right? It's going to be based on a field value um, in your CRM, right? So, um, if if someone isn't comfortable with that or like, oh, man, our data just sucks. Like, we we don't have consistent. um, I can't rely on that. Uh, So, I'm just not going to touch it at all. 
So there's, there's some truth to that, right? We want to make sure that our database is clean and we want to drive um, adaptation. But mm -hmm. I think there's also something to be said for the 80-20 rule or 75 to you know, 25, um, or even just starting small with one segment. Uh, mm. You can make an impact very quickly. You can focus on one field. You can take a small group of sales folks. Uh, you can do some small tasks. I always say start small. Start small, see the oh, yeah. results, and then more people will say, oh, you know what? I'm going to help you with that. I see how it panned out. We have you know, our open rates or our engagement of the content we put in there skyrocketed you know, by mm. 4 to 11%. Well. Jeez. We use dynamic content um, and doesn't happen all the time, but you'll definitely see that uptick. And I think once you start to see those things, you can start to expand on it. So, uh, yeah. Start small. I love that. Start small focus, even mm -hmm. on like one segment. I think focus is so important for marketing these days. We're, and I'm guilty of this. We're like, I don't know if we're cats or dogs or company. <laughs> like, like, oh, you know, shiny new technology and cool new strategy like yep. oh, look at that look at this new webinar i learned something bring it back to the team change everything yes. but we need to focus so it can get overwhelming right if we're not focused mm -hmm. I don't have time to get all these segments oh, i can't do this i don't have enough resources time money energy people but you're like nope hey focus pick in what do you say pick your you know your top segment or the one that hopefully you know which one converts the best right absolutely start with something simple like industry um yeah. You know, that's one of the most common filled out fields in your CRM and sales are usually used to putting that in or if you have an enrichment service within your CRM, a lot of times that industry field kind of populates for you. Mm. So uh, start with something that you know is used most often, develop the value and then implement it in another level. So did I hear that right? Enrichment tool? Yes. Tell me about that. Lead enrichment tools. Oh, we're, we're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's rabbit hole. It's rabbit hole Thursday, everybody. Well, I mean. Listen, it's a Monday. You're like, what the hell? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Roll with I don't it. know if I want to name drop, but I do have some favorite tools out there. But sure. high level, uh, lead enrichment is, um, it'll sit in between your marketing automation system and your CRM system. Yeah. And so, for instance, anything net new that comes in, they may fill out a subset of fields that lead enrichment tool will go ahead and find that email, search the database and fill in things like, you know, revenue, industry, um, uh, size, that type of thing. So Just it's auto, kind of helping like autofill help you out absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that'll, that comes right into your CRM. So not only did you get a net new lead, but now you've enriched what you know about it. You have less to gather. You can start to focus on the custom information that you need for your organization versus taking two or three connections to get the basic information. Right. So super powerful. Again, I have my favorites, uh, but you know, you could definitely, I mean, have you used different ones in the past? I, mean, I have, I have, yeah, and, and this isn't, this isn't canned or anything, but honestly, one of my favorite tools is inside view. Oh, uh, you know, that's funny. I was going to say that too, but yeah, they're, yeah. they're not sponsoring this yet. <laughs> no, right. I know. I'm like, this is going to sound completely set up. They should. Uh, no. It's like I product actually, placement, right? Of course. Uh, I'm really thirsty for a diet. Pepsi. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. No, so you've used them before? I did. I did. So yeah. my very first Dreamforce, um, 
four or five dream courses ago, maybe uh, about six, seven years ago, um, I was tasked with finding a marketing automation system and a leading oh, wow. system. And uh, I was a director at the time for a small startup mm-hmm. and went in there and I actually got my, I want a Chromecast at there. I still have it, the Chromecast. I want it, their little demo booth. And um, it just made sense. Yeah, they're giving it. It was oh, a little, little marketing, huh? A little marketing, marketing. I know they were, they were on it. But um, it wasn't even that. Just what they said made sense. And they had awesome integration with the tools I was already using. Yeah. And so for me, coming from an operations background, it's really powerful. I don't care how sexy your tool is. Yeah. If it works, that's what I care about everyone's going to work on a user interface in the future, right? It's all going to look pretty. So they really hit home with, with what they were doing, how they were using it. And compared to other tools I was using, I was super impressed. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You know, there's so many of them, but when you, when you find one that you've used and it just Mm -hmm. works, but we probably should stop talking about it. It's going to sound so good. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are so selling out. They're like, no, seriously. Uh, But yeah, that's really what, what helps, you know, is just sharing experiences with things. Yeah you know? And, uh, yeah. So, okay. So it just enriches that, that data or basically, you know, unscrews it up. Like, you know, you're missing something somehow. I think at one point I was at a company where we had a whole database and we had no States (laughs) anywhere. So yeah, we couldn't sort by geo or anything because we just didn't have that. And then of course you're invoicing people and I don't, I don't know how that happened, but, um, but then we had workflows created to say like, okay, sales, you're getting close to getting married to this customer. What right. state, what address, what's the mailing address, you know, a little bit of validation in there. to make Exactly. It, exactly. Uh, yeah. It allows your sales and marketing team to focus on things that are important to you. Like um, if you have particular product or service uh, lines that you have as a company and you want to know what their interests are, uh, then you spend your time as, as a duo team to figure those things out because you already have the state and, and all of that. So right. it saves you that extra step. That's cool. That's cool. I'd love to, to kind of backtrack a little bit and, and yeah. talk more about that segment, not segmentation, but the personalization. I'd love to get like practical for a second, maybe not technical, but practical mm-hmm. just in terms of, you know, we, we talked, you know, sort of high level that you should probably identify your segment to start with. Industry is a good one you're saying, which I think is awesome. What's the best way to approach all this? Like, what's the first step? Do you have a couple steps in mind? You know, hit this first, and then once you got that, you go here. You know, boom, boom, boom. What do you have? Um, sort of- yeah, I mean, I think you have to figure out. Start simple. Like, if you have an A B differentiation in your company, when I say that, I, there's a common example, but it's an awesome story. Yeah. Um, for instance, like a hospital, right? Who has a public and a private sector? Super A B. There's tons of details below all that. But they just, you know, they took those two things and said, well, once I know you as a known user, once I have you in my database and I know that you're public, uh, they actually did it to their website. And so they were able to click on the website and all their content was tailored. And if you've been in that industry, you know, it is very different between private and public sector. So I know we've used that example before, but it's just such a powerful one. Um, And it's just two things, right? It's simple. So if you have... um, uh, if you have a product offering and you have two major product offerings that might have, you know, some details underneath to start, to start broad, start broad. And then you at least know now we're talking about a specific pro- product offering and then go on from there and start to get the details, but try to see if you cool. have a, a one, two differentiator to start with. That's really cool. The, uh, I don't know if it's a term, but the idea of like that AB personalization, 
and just mm-hmm. not trying to overthink it, but start with the, are you this or are you that? I mean, I think for right. like, for, for Cheshire, for us, it's probably, are you in sales or in marketing? You know, sure, sure. or like residential mean? commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's just start there, see how it works. And then once you've used it, um, you can start to drive home some more details and you can get as complex as you want. Sure. Um, but you have to start somewhere and get confidence using the tool and seeing how it works. Interesting. You know, and, and this even, I suppose this, this concept, even, I love the simplicity of it also would tie into, you know, if you're thinking about nurturing people, thinking about doing anything campaigns out, start with that, that AB, that one, two split, just mm-hmm. break your audience in half. Um, but really one, diving in. One thing I found is just, I've had some, uh, some folks go ahead and do that. And then all of a sudden they've been able to analyze their own data and say, whoa, <laughs> we have a hundred thousand people, but we only have 50,000 that are either A or B. We have 50,000 that we don't know are A or B. So what a great yeah. way for marketing to kind of help the operations and sales teams say, hey, we need to focus on these and we need to find a process to start getting that information in there. Whether it's, you know, breaking out a list of, of the top 10 and, and making sure sales is, is, is helping with that. Or maybe we do some, some admin work to help enrich that. But those are things that just kind of go on loan and float in the background and like nobody really knows what we don't know. Um, so I think there's a nice uncovery process as well. And everyone's coming to a common goal. Interesting. So it's almost, it's almost like that gradual process of, it's almost like, you know, I don't know why my, my brain's got all these images today, but I'm like paleontologist with a little brush sweeping away right. the dust from the pterodactyl bone, you know, right. but it's like slowly uncovering that thing. Yep. Absolutely. They don't take shovels to that, you know, they sort of, they have to be smart about it. So you don't get rid of some really good segment, really good persona that maybe buys all the time. You just didn't even know about them because you're sure. quick sure. to make that decision. Absolutely. Sweet. Sweet. I like it. And you know, you mentioned process too. I think that's something that we share. We just, we kind of like love that, but tell me about how, how have you seen process involved and not involved in all of this, whether it's personalization or just people's marketing in general? Well, um, you know, when we start to look at, I always like to ask the question, um, what, what kind of collateral do you already have? Yeah. Let's not invent that. Like we're not going to go spend a bunch of money to and create some stuff. Let's just, what do we have today? Um, and then how does what we have today on a marketing side compare to what we sell on the sales side? Mm-hmm. And you'll be very much amazed that a lot of times it does not line up or it's only <laughs> a quarter, right? Yeah. And that's not to fault anyone. It's just you have to have a baseline. So that first part of the process is analyzing what you have for content and how you sell today. Do they align? And the next step is in the places they do align, how can we unify that? And again, that would be that you know A-B type of situation or um, Uh, just basically saying if we've got three lines of content that support these products, then let's start with those three products. I know we have five others, but we'll get to those. Let's try to align those first. Um, And again, that same process of saying, all right, now let's find out who in our database has been, um, you know, associated with that. Again, it's Mm -hmm. just a, a, like say a pick list value, right? You know, do I like apples, oranges, or bananas? Uh, We have all the other fruits, but all we have is content on those three fruits. And let's see how many people in our database actually have a fruit associated with them. Right. Oh, okay. So that's the next step. The third step can either be, hey, we need to stop, go back to our CRM and and get some more data because we don't have a big enough base. Sure. 
or it can be like, well, you know what, let's just test it out with who we have first and see if yeah. we even see a difference in our email engagement. Let's look at the clicks. Let's put some content in there. And is our content, um, is it, is it improving? Are we getting more engagement from our actual content because it was focused on that segment and do your own test. And I, yeah. I, I can guarantee that you're going to see an uptick for, for sure. Uh, but that would be a very high level process of, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three. That's cool. I love the approach of it's almost like bird in hand. You know, what do we have now? Let's be realistic. Mm -hmm. Let's not be like, you know, sometimes marketers can get knocked for being too imaginative and, and, oh, we're all out, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing. But then people are like, yeah, but where are my leads? You know, so just right. like hardcore realism, where are we at today? Exactly. Here's what we have for content. And I remember one place that, you know, I first, when I got part of it, it was like, we had seven pieces of content. Four of them were like from the eighties with, <laughs> with, you know, five brands ago, you know, so right. it wasn't even, I didn't even recognize it. You know, it's like a TV show when you weren't even born. You're like, what's right. this bad? Like, you know, and so it, it had that, but three were good. And so what we just had to take an index of it. What do we have? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I love that second part was, um, how do we sell today? You know, and it wasn't like, how do we sell? It's like, how do we sell today? I'm sure you're going to change it. I'm sure you're improving. You're probably building a better sales process every day. Great. How do you sell today? Mm -hmm. And let's just take a little snapshot in time. That content, good or bad, sales process, good or bad, just unify them. That's really cool. Is that, that's probably the work you're doing with like the revenue optimization projects and Absolutely. that kind of thing. Yeah, we do. I mean, you know, not to go down another rabbit hole, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we do that first analyze, you know, and <laughs> analyzation of like, where is your org today? We know we want to get to this end state, right? We want to get to the, I always say to my clients, we want to go to get to the demo. Like I saw right. the demo and I want to do that. Great. However, <laughs> we've got some steps in the middle. Um, and so that's what the revenue optimization is, is finding out what you're here, what you, well, you know, where you are today, what are the biggest pain points? What is really hindering you? And you yeah. know, kind of piggybacking off of what I talked about, the reason we use what we have today is we need to have adoption. We need to be able to put that back to revenue that's coming in with opportunities yeah. so that when we have more money, we can go back to and say, hey, we need more content. But we earned that because this is what we're doing. So same with revenue optimization. What's the biggest thing that's hindering you from closing opportunities? And we tackle that first. And then we get your org configured, right? And there's stages. And you know, maybe if you're in classic and you want to move to lightning, we go there. Then we go back and we optimize your marketing mm. automation system. Then we might go forward and talk about reports and dashboards. Then the almighty analytics. But there's definitely stages in that. And you might not be ready for all that right now. Right. You know, um, you can't have your cake um, if you don't have eggs. <laughs> you can't bake it if you don't have an oven. Interesting. You know, so you've, you've got you've to take a step back and create a process because, yeah, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it's like a mishmash of like chicken and the egg and, you know, can't have your cake and eat it too. It's like, you can't right. have your cake if you don't have eggs. It's like, true. It's true. I mean, you can use like apple sauce, cake but I mean, something. details. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but that, that's a that's a really good point you know it's funny as you're as you're describing that you're just you're like glowing i, know, I was all you know? excited <laughs> yeah i mean the, you you're loving this stuff you're just diving in and, and you're really but you're making some big changes you're helping you know a lot of these organizations align what wasn't aligned or just make mm -hmm. sense of the chaos maybe they inherited something you know they inherited a program 
Oh, for sure. Um, and they just moved over from some shitty marketing automation tool. <laughs> now they're on a great one. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. They don't know where all the things are connected to. So it helps to take a step back. It's almost like we, you know, they always say this about small business or just, you know, take time to work on the business, not just in the business, but you could take that analogy to like life, you know, take time to think right. about, think about life while you're in it, you know, just take a step back. So this is like just taking a step back from the tactical execution of that campaign and that new thing and this and that and this and that. And like, and we know you're busy. I'm busy. You're busy. We've been there. We've done that. Um, but it's like, take a step back. Just one moment. Maybe we can do it for you and just look and see what we see. And sometimes yeah. having someone else look at it for you, they see all the things that you just took for granted or, you know. Well, we get, we get so focused in our tunnels. I mean, as much yeah. as we claim as a society, there are no more silos between marketing and sales. And it was a big thing about three years ago, breaking down the silos. Breaking them down. <laughs> yeah. But there's still that because, and it's okay. I mean, your marketer mm. isn't always going to also be your CRM expert. Right. You have to learn how to work together. And I always say, like, my big thing is, is PA. I'm PA obs uh, obsessed. So, yes. your, you know, your uh, process plus admin equals adoption and attribution. Mm. So you, you have to collaborate between teams or it's not going to work. You can't just say, I own this, this is mine, and I'm doing this. Uh, teams have to collaborate. Once teams really do break that down and understand when it's appropriate to collaborate, um, then it, it just becomes like this beautiful downhill snowball effect. Yeah. Uh, but it can be overwhelming where people are like, I, I don't want to sit in sales process meetings for five hours if I'm in marketing, I don't have time. And if I'm in, in sales, I really don't necessarily care all of the things that maybe marketing is doing so you have to find out when it's appropriate to collaborate you know we're going to take a piece here take a piece here and then we're going to show you why and then we're going to show you the results once you're on board with that we'll, we'll chip off another you know piece of that iceberg yeah and uh, we'll keep moving forward hmm. Hmm. i love that process plus no what you said plus admin mm -hmm. equals adoption Ad, um, adoption attribution yeah Adoption. So we want, we want adoption yeah, from our sales there. team. Yeah, a lot of A's. <laughs> and we want attribution. We want people to, we want this to stay for a long time. Yes. Uh, let's look in the long term. If we're going to put the effort in to get your CRM and your marketing automation humming, this is a long term project. This isn't something that in three months you're going to turn it on and it's good to go. As much as you may feel that way when you, when you buy it, uh, we, again, we step back and say, what is working today? Right. Right. Uh, so, you really have to look, like you said, did you inherit a, an org, organization that completely had a different sales process? Uh, do you not have a Salesforce admin or a CRM admin? Do right. you have many of them? Like every organization has their own little quirks and their red tape and some things are pushed and others. And so you just have to learn how to make that beautiful dance with your organization, create right. your process. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I like that. Uh, it's like seeing the complex and just like seeing a couple patterns that come out of it and sort of just taking those, you know, kind of boiling them up higher so you can share a simple message with people. You know, and the idea of adoption, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's almost like that's the thing is, I mean, huge. trying to get people to use it, you know, whether it's marketing automation or uh, Salesforce, right? Like yeah. use the thing. How many people buy name a tool and then don't use it? I think was it serious or someone did a, a study where they found it was like thirty percent 
Most people yeah, use Yeah, I would say 20, 25% of a tool 25%. is used and you're spending mega dollars on it. So, Do you know where that came from, that, that number? I don't know. I don't know if I've we all like just started saying times. it. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. yeah. It's true because when we yeah. did it, we've done our CSIs, we find yeah. that the average score out of 10 is about three, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half, three, which yeah. lines up with that industry stat of people not fully utilizing the tool that they have. And we're just so jazzed about it. We can't help but make sure yeah. we talk about it. So that's Yeah, cool. that's where frustration, you get, people talk about, well, I'm just so frustrated with this tool. Like this is not working and you know, all this marketing automation, it's just, it's just crap. <laughs> Some people just right. get really angry and they have every right to. You spend a ton of money. Uh, maybe you, you didn't have the time or resources to, to understand that beginning foundation process and, or, you know, and you're just using it as a, you know, a quick email sender. Well, it's so much more than that. And so if you're, if you don't have privy to that information or time to scope that out or a partner to help you, it can be absolutely frustrating. And these dollars are just flying out the wall. So, you know, might as well dive in, dig in and give it a real test run before you make those decisions. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've got Dreamforce coming up. We do. And it was like Dreamforce last year where we actually first connected. We did. That was awesome. That was, it's only been a year. If, oh, it does feel like way long, does doesn't it? Feel, it? it feels longer. Like the yeah, year does. feels short, but it feels like we've been yep. like a long time, you know? Yep. Absolutely. It's crazy. And we hadn't met before that, right? No. How did that, how did that go down in, in, from your yeah. memory? That was awesome. So I was, I was speaking last year um, and I'm shamelessly plugging myself on LinkedIn and they'll come see my session. Yeah. I can't wait to meet y'all. Um, and all of a sudden uh, Casey came up on my feed and he was like, Hey, you know, a bunch of us are all going to connect afterwards and talk about best practices, this and that, you know, and everybody's got, you know, public meeting places. So he's like, you know, if you're around, you know, pop over. So I was like, well, yeah, it's totally my right. job. I mean, that's why I go to Salesforce. Like I, I get to be with my people and everybody's so excited and learn so much from each other. Oh, Talk totally. about a silo, right? Like I love what I do, but I also have the silo of how I should or shouldn't do it. Totally. And in Dreamforce, you can have someone come and just sidewind you and be like, oh, I never thought of that. So yeah, yeah, so I joined that and all of a sudden, boom, there you were uh, with a bunch of awesome people. And uh, we all became quick, fast friends and started chattering virtually yeah. into the evening. So yeah, it was awesome. You know, and there was this one moment where, and you know what is funny? It's just like, that's the spirit of Dreamforce where people just want to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't like, and because I, I think back, and I think maybe you were you had you were sharing about Parda, and I was like, cool, cool, let's geek out on this. And it wasn't until like we're at that location, we're me- we're meeting up, and we're kind of like, so who are you? <laughs> you know, yeah, random, random <laughs> we did. We talked for like ever before. We we're like, hey, yeah. wait. <laughs> so who are you? And you're like, oh, and you know, I do Parda, and I was like no shit <laughs> i'm like i love pardot and just your impact we just we're in pardot up to our ears like we right. like this too and it was like that little moment where you're like oh yeah we're like oh like here's our business card that's sweet <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool it was really cool meanwhile i'm like uh we're still gonna work together <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was fun it was a blast yeah, can't wait for this totally. year as well it's gonna be uh another amazing year you think it'll be like it was pretty organic how that worked out where we met up a bunch of cool folks from part out were there. We hung out, we went to this mm-hmm. after party and then I don't say part out. I don't ding dong ditched us, but somehow someone had to go, go away on a bus. Right. But we met up with some other part out friends yeah. and um, yeah. some part out folks. And 
it was just good. And then we got yeah, in the place. Awesome. There's fake Tony Robbins, right? <laughs> I remember him. Yeah. There's this guy, yeah. looked, in my opinion, maybe after a couple of drinks, looked just like Tony Robbins because he was like eight feet tall. He was and had so a goatee, and nothing else looked like like him. But you know, that was so, funny. He was totally with it, though. He, he, he kept he like posing cool. for pictures. He was and, cool. Yeah, everybody was having a good time. Yeah, good. I was like, hey, yeah. Tony Robbins, you're the best. Can I get a photo with you? <laughs> and he was just playing along. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, Casey. Yeah, let's do that. And then all of a sudden, all the girls are flocking. They are like, oh, Tony <laughs> Robbins is here. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do you think that was because, like, we were getting photos? I with do. Like, I like, do. I think they heard it from, like, because it had all these <sighs> different rooms, right? There was, like, a corner. And yeah. I think they all heard it, and they came flocking. And he was so happy. just had the biggest grin. <laughs> and, like, four girls around him. And were like, yeah, Tony So, Robbins. you're famous. It was fun, yeah. You got this, Tony. You got this. Right? I, I was waiting for people to pull out the book and have them start signing. Yeah, right? Then it, like, how, who are you? You're, you're famous? Yeah, I'm famous. Right. Like, yeah, he's famous. Infamous. <laughs> so it's like we were his, like, wing team, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, creating this whole moment. But, um, but it was so organic just to have those connections. And then we bumped into Ben and a couple other cool yeah. people. And then eventually uh, hung out, you know, later on that, you know, future yep. day different yep. events and walked around San Fran got some yeah. crazy food it's like Good food. the thing that can happen at Dreamforce but you have to be like open to it you know Absolutely. and not open to it in the tenderloin area for people <laughs> yeah. that don't know this is the area of San Fran <laughs> that San Fran's not proud of yes uh, and, and it's like a block away from the convention center it is so, I've, I've accidentally walked through there um, in my early Dreamforce years when I was not as schooled on San Francisco. And luckily I didn't have any horrible experiences, but you definitely understand you're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> not in Can you know, we had, uh, it was like a couple companies ago. I was just uh, um, you know, rocking out my marketing manager game. And this thing happened where, um, I don't think I was even going that year, but like the company was sending like eight plus people, including the CEO, VP of sales, a bunch of people. And it was an, there was an admin or um, like an assistant that booked the hotels for everyone. And she didn't know. So right. here she is looking around and she found a really good room. I was going to say, they were super thing. cheap. <laughs> right. Hotels at Dreamforce, if you try to book them now, are like $900 to $1,000 yeah. a night. So if you see a hotel that says like $100 a night, <laughs> it's yeah. probably for a reason. Free bed bugs. <laughs> right. You may not have sheets on your bed. You right. know, it's exactly. booked like all eight people in this hotel, like deep in the tenderloin, and they didn't know it till they got there. So it was like a, whoo. But yeah, so you got to be open to it, other than the tenderloin. You got to be, yeah. you know, meeting people and just, you know, it, it's important to not. I like to say, like, have the heart of a student, you know, not be like, ooh, I know this. I'm not going to learn anything. You never know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the session might be stupid, but you never know. Like, don't close yourself off to it because mm -hmm. you may, you know, something cool may happen. You always pick up something new. And even if you didn't and you, you're like, I went to the session, I thought it was going to be something. It's not. You're sitting around some brilliant people. And so you may not have gotten something out of that particular session, which I, honestly, I've gotten some out of every session. So, um, but I'm, I just like a, like a little kindergartner when I go to sessions, I'm like, Ooh, teach me. I'm so excited. Right. But if, if for some reason, you know, you accidentally book yourself something that just wasn't what you thought it was, 
just talk to the people around you because mm. you're going to find friends for life, colleagues for life and, yeah. and being able to connect with them after grab a sandwich, you know, like you said, just be open, um, be open, be safe, be smart. But it's, and those are my, my three things for Dreamforce. Be open, be safe, be smart and wear tennis shoes. It's not a fashion show. Yeah. This is not a fashion show. <laughs> like you are walking for a long time. It hasn't been there or ever goes there in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wear those, you know, the walking shoes. San Fran is made for walking. That's what you'll be yeah. doing. There are shuttle buses that you won't be on. So exactly. <laughs> there's hills, there's um, lots of events and water. You know, they always give you a bottle uh, that you can refill and um, oh, right. your water. It's so easy to get dehydrated because, yeah. you know, you got session, 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 session. You know, you're just trying to make yeah. appointments. You're excited. All of a sudden, you're like, I have not eaten today and I haven't drank water in 24 hours. <laughs> Why right. do I have a headache? Um, so yeah, just we'll get off that. But those are my, those are my major tips for, cool. for it. But it's such an awesome experience. Yeah, it is. Maybe maybe we'll bump it to you know. I'll add someone to this uh, party here. We'll just bump yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Just be open. Anybody listening, let us know. If yeah, you're if you're going, let's hang out. For let's sure, out. for sure. If you're not going, do go, and we'll still hang out. Yeah, exactly. So you know, like shows. I've been doing a couple of these lately. Um, yesterday. Yesterday, I went to Inbound, and the day before that, I was at, uh, have you heard of Drift? Yes. So Drift, uh, for people listening, like, it's, it's cool. It's like this retake on chat on your website, and they go a little crazy because they're like, forms, you don't need forms, and then mm -hmm. like right on their front page is like a form saying, give us your email address. So right. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so, but it's cool. It's like this AI take on chat where people can go down this path on a chat window on the site, and if at any point they're like, human? Like it magically drops in a person into that chat. It was like, Hey, I'm Jen, you know, um, That's cool. up, it's Casey and, and that way you can actually have a conversation, but they have pathways just like we program nurture campaigns. People mm -hmm. are programming these really cool pathways to get people where they want to go, which is, I don't know, just neat. It's the idea of engaging with people, but they had their event called a uh, hyper growth two days ago. Cool. One day event, um, outside, uh, this like, shell thing in the boston harbor i literally got sunburned at it because it was out in like an outdoor event so it's like half a dozen of the other you know inside you're like oh it's a beautiful day i'm inside outside everyone is like sweating like crazy and got sunburned but what i liked about that drift event is these guys they're not public yet um david cancel who you know, runs that place He's got some success in the past. He got acquired by HubSpot. He's a cool dude. But he's also been really thinking about the person, not just the marketer, you know, so yeah. selling to like the whole person. So the sessions they had were not just like the, they weren't like the pitchy stuff that normally you can get at some of these bigger conferences. They, one was the 13 things successful people don't do. Like and it was a psychologist that came out and like, That's cool. I was like, hell yeah. That was the yeah. first session of the day, you know, and um, and it was cool because they were just trying to push envelopes and try new things. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you heard, but they pushed an envelope. Um, Grant Cardone came. Oh. Have you heard of him? I have not. Yeah. So I, I, I <laughs> I'll do Google now. <laughs> yeah. So he, he wrote this book of books. One's called like 10X. And I like the book. I listened to an audible because the guy's the Southern guy's basically like, instead of thinking about how you can grow your project, your team, your results by 1%. What would it look like if you went 10x? And even like thinking about our, like our company, what would our company look like if we had 10 times more people, not just mm -hmm. five more people? And when you think that bigger picture, you think, okay, what would be different? What would we have to plan for? And it's, it's like a cool exercise. So I totally dig that. But, but 
on a book and audible he's reading his book it's scripted it's prepared right uh and he's not going off kilter right well at this event um they actually warned us at the beginning of the event they're like look some people you may not agree with but maybe you can learn things from them kind of like we're talking like be open you know so they're like just in case we'll let you know uh, you may not agree with everyone in, on the roster. And I, I wasn't thinking it was Cardone. I was thinking they had Jocko Willink, Navy Seal. I'm like, oh, maybe Navy Seal, Ruffle Feathers? Not, I, don't, I don't know. But it, it, was, it was him, it was Grant, that they were warning people about. And so he got up there. And um, yeah, let me just put it this way. If there was a book written called The 10 Things You Don't Want to Say to or About Your Wife in front of 4,000 people, you probably hit like four or five of them. Wow. And, and, you know, and I'm used to like some events where you, in, you introduce the spouse and you're like, you know, so-and-so stand up. If you're here, like, should, like there he or she is like that person is, is kept me stable so I could be here for you. Let's, right. let's thank them. It's like, so <laughs> cool. Tony Robbins does this thing where he's like, he's like, Sage, I love you. And everyone's like, Oh, I wish we had love like that. Like, that's so cool. Right. And you're like, Oh, awesome. So I'm in my head. I'm thinking, Oh, maybe he's going to do that. And he has his wife, wife stand up and thanks her. But, um, he, he literally, after she stood up, he said, okay, that's going to get me sex tonight. Right. And started going down like as hardcore marketing, but the stuff, <laughs> man, like you go look on the Twitters, like it's, they're right? probably exploding. Yeah. And this, and he's a, he's a sales trainer guy. So he was just like gruff, like, oh, just go get right. it. And we had a bunch of marketers there who were like, wait, what, what are right. you saying? Not necessarily used to that sales culture. Not that, that sales quote that's like beyond right 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 but, we're not at a sports bar with your buddies or yeah. you know and we don't need to know yeah. about that <laughs> yeah and at one point he he um it was he was saying how like he first met his wife oh like hi and met his wife and she didn't see he, he was cool right away obviously she should have been able to recognize that <laughs> like she's dumb she's dumb 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 right we're like what the ever-loving F is going on here and so you know people just like you look on twitter people were like freaking out oh, like, wasted 45 minutes of my time with his misogynistic blah 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 blah. and he didn't look, spin it at the end into something tried to by saying look right now i'm competing for your time just like we're competing for places in your inbox we're competing for time i gotta hold your attention you're right in front of me and you're already looking at your phones so i gotta hold your attention that would have been okay for like one or two of the things he said. Right, not right. Like, the, like leave your wife out of it. I, I don't know why they've been married for 14. He's like 14 years. Like, how's that working? I don't know. But it was just like, I've never been to an event where they had this sort of thing happen. Sure. Um, but it was kind of, I don't, I don't say interesting, but it was like, whoa, this is, this is new. And but, but kudos to them. Um, CEO actually apologized in the afternoon. He's like, I personally apologize. We didn't vet this enough. Right. Like, we knew that like people were going to ruffle feathers. We didn't know it was that. Like that's ridiculous. So kudos to David for doing that. He also individually yeah. apologized to everyone on Twitter. Like anyone yeah. that said something negative, he's like, my bad. I am so sorry. And people were like, good on, good on you, man. And, and kind of just sort of, but you know what? Like we're talking about it now. And he was even saying like crazy stuff. And the last thing I'll say before I get off this topic, but it was just so crazy is that it's, it felt like someone gave him three words of like what marketers do, right? Right, and right. Don't talk about things you don't know. A good reminder for me. Like I got lessons from this presentation. It's like, <laughs> say what you believe, be forceful, be a rebel, 
but watch the line, right? And um, not that I could even fathom that, right? I was just like, this is not, this is so crazy. But they, I felt like they, they told him, hey, uh, marketers, we do A-B testing. Um, we send emails to lists and we do e-commerce, right? So those three things, e- e-commerce, lists, and A-B testing. He starts, he's talking about those throughout the thing. He's like, look, I don't just do my A, I do my B. And then I, you know, I just do my A again. And then uh, who cares about your B? Do AA. Oh. Like, and you're like, what are you even talking about, dude? <laughs> um, he's like, get out from behind your computer and meet them in person, which might make sense. But, winning. <laughs> yeah, but like every time he would say e-commerce, like looking around because most of us are B2B marketers in there. Right. And I don't e-commerce, like when it's a term from the 90s. And so that was a miss. But finally, the email list thing, he went a little crazy. He was like, you know, my, e- my team tells me, you know, we shouldn't email these people too much. We're going to burn out the list, which by the way, is correct, right? Yeah. That's true. He goes, yeah. bah, nah, you burn out the list, fine. He goes, if I send an email out and it doesn't work, I'm going to send it again. And you know, if it doesn't work, I'll send it to people again. If they want to unsubscribe, good. Get them out of here. And it was just like, okay, no. you have no idea, dude. And I felt no. like a disclaimer <laughs> on Twitter be like, if you're listening to this, do not do, none of this. This isn't how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I, and I know that kind of takes the highlight of the event. But I, you know, we got to see so many other cool people. But that was just like the drama of it. Oh, for sure. Um, but there was like Casey ne- uh, Neistat, Neistat. He was there. The other Casey, um, more popular version, of, <laughs> I guess, for now. And then, um, yeah. And then there's just a lot of cool, cool people there. But it was like, it was cool that it was edgy and pushy and then you all got a chance to learn like what happens but kudos for drift for being like we own it right right and and circling around yeah i could see a lot of different spins on that like you know he could have said one bad thing and then pulled up the twitter stats 20 minutes later and said we just got this much recognition on our brand even though it was negative and kind of go that route with it Um, or say like if you think you know and you haven't done a good deep dive into like the personas of your customers and you think you're saying what they want to hear and really you're offending them you know like he could have just totally made that impactful but uh i mean and like i was the whole time thinking about how to tie back to dynamic content yeah talking about the person that's another way you can you know if you create personas and Mm. you could actually just simply segment by how your buyer buys that could be one of your first so i was like oh this is gonna rope back around but yeah there could have been a major opportunity there to um again you know the whole twitter feed that that probably pushed the awareness of certain folks and companies in a very short period of time and then he could have totally flipped that and it could have been much more successful. But like you said, kudos to, to the team there for just being like, Hey, um, but that's what life's about. Right. I mean, I yeah. think it's important. We all take uh, responsibility for things that happen. It's, you're not always going to get everything right out of the gate. So. And you're totally right. Because uh, like one, some of my tweets were popular and I got like 14 little likes on some quotes that I had from other speakers. Right. The, the one of the tweets it was like this is a ridiculous 45 minutes of blah 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 i hate this 85 likes on that so right. i mean he could have pointed at that and been like look you know but but that would have that would have shown like oh it's not you're not really being like that almost like 
on that Survivor TV show when people are being jerks. I want them at the end to be like, just kidding. I was just doing that to get to the end. I'm actually a really nice guy. My name is- <laughs> you know, like, like, oh my God, that's so good. But they're not. They're just jerks throughout. Right. So like, that would have been so good if you had done that. Um, a little bit of coaching could have turned that around. Yeah, man. Grant, give me a call, man. <laughs> yeah. Call me 10 times and I'll the 11th time. Well, yeah, maybe. You know, maybe yeah i don't know i just that's, you know that's what you do yeah yeah, yeah we're here to help but i don't know <laughs> not exactly throwing that logo on my website that quick you know yeah. <laughs> oh man but you know you mentioned like the the life journey too and you know one of the things i wanted to ask you is like who are you because i know you've got a really interesting past you know it's people don't just born and they like they come into existence unless this is you know completely a simulation but barring <laughs> that they're just come into existence as this amazing solution architect wizard you know wizard. <laughs> right it's just poof into existence you, i would like that added that, i would like to add that would you like to add that yes, onto linkedin too yeah, yeah. <laughs> my linkedin i'm a wizard add it to the business cards yeah go yes on. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah no actually it's funny you say that i've i've come to today from a very different and um, interesting path. So I didn't, I didn't do everything by the book, which those who know me best are not surprised. Um, but I started out, um, you know, finished high school. I'm from Wisconsin. Go Packers, go Badgers. Woo-hoo! Um, <laughs> just had to get that in there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Wisco girl, uh, born and raised. I live in a small town, which I love. Um, I love gardening and painting and, and lots of wine. I make my own wine. Um, learned that from my dad. And uh, so I'm definitely, you know, humble hometown, uh, but just have such a fever for life and travel. So when I graduated from high school, I made the wise decision because I knew everything at age 17 and a half. Um, I was going to (laughs) take off and travel. And uh, I did that. So for about a year and a half, traveled across the U.S. in a in a not very responsible way. Right. Um, Me and a couple friends, we had this car called Magicsy. What was it called? uh, Magiclacy is what we called the car. It so was the old the station wagon with the with the paneling. Oh, it had the wood paneling. Blue. Yeah, it was fast. Wow. And it had like the baby blue soft like velour like in interior and. You have like the old like cracked photo Polaroid <laughs> of like you in front of it being like. Peace. No, we didn't take. See, no, we didn't even have cell phones back then. Now I'm right, aging myself. Right, right. Like a little. Which Polaroid. thank goodness, because yeah. you know, <laughs> proof of all of our fun times. But right. it was it was amazing. We um, you know, we did a lot of things wrong, but we met some just amazing folks. I've got, you know, tons of stories I like to share over glasses of wine with friends. But um, mm. after those travels, I just, I learned a lot. It was, it was what I needed personally to kind of kick my butt into gear, right? Yeah. Um, I always did really well in school and loved it, but I just wasn't really sure where my, my future was. But a lesson that I've taken from that travel is um, one, nobody's, nobody's going to, you know, take care of you. Like it's up to you to wake up in the morning, mm. and, you know, put your pants on and yeah, do what you got to do. On. And yeah. And it's up to you to, to, to dive into something and I, and not be afraid to fail and know that you're going to continuously learn. And so I take that lesson kind of into my career life, which, you know, we can talk about shortly, but that was what drove me. So after I came back, I, um, I got my associates, my bachelor's, and my MBA in a very short period of time while working full time. Caught up and uh, you know got up into the game, and and all that got me through that was that principle of yeah. like I'm not really sure that I'm 
to the level I need to be, or I'm not sure if I can do this, but I'm going to dive in and I'm going to, I'm just going to keep my head to the ground. I'm going to do this. And like, even today when companies come in and say, I'm not sure if we want to use this tool or I don't know if we want to do this approach because we don't know everything. We don't have all the details. You can't be afraid to just get in and say, I know this is right for me. I know this is right for us. I'm going to dive in now and make it happen. But, um, but yeah, so I came back, I went to school, um, did all did all that. It, the funny story is, so I'm in technology now, right? And yeah. well, obviously, because I'm a wizard. <laughs> but <laughs> I was 28 and I came back, um, I started my associate's degree and I walk in the computer lab and she she's hands me a hard like a hard floppy disk again aging myself well yeah and was it the, the the small one it wasn't the floppy but it was the, the hard, hard one yeah, yeah. yeah. so yep. the kids they called them floppy disks but they were not floppy go right. figure but before that they were the floppy they, were, they used the to be whole, yeah. yeah yeah again <laughs> myself so i get this hard disk or whatever and i yeah. i get my excel book and she's like okay this is an open you know computer class and i was like um so what do I do with it? I didn't know how to even like, like I had no idea. Like, how do I turn the computer on? What does this black thing do? Like, oh, cool. how do you get that stuff on the screen? I mean, that's where I was then. Um, so, so, you know, funny story, you know, I wasn't born wow. to this, but yeah. um, found a passion dove in and, and through the whole career part, I kept kind of getting put into sales and um, I went to school for marketing and everyone kept giving me sales jobs and I'm like, I just want to market. Uh, but that's when I found Salesforce. <laughs> and I fell in love with that. I fell in love with process. And because I was able to span between manufacturing, um, I also did concrete. That's a whole other story. But between manufacturing operations and sales first, because that was my foundation, when I finally did get into using things like marketing automation tools and CRM tools, it just clicked for me and I saw all the voids, you know, it was yeah. like a beautiful mind moment. I'm like, why are we doing this when sales is doing that? Do they, do they even, do they talk to each other? Yeah. Why do we, why is our software not supporting yeah. anything we're doing on a day-to-day basis? This is a no brainer. So lucky enough, I had some awesome mentors early on where I would just be like, can I have an hour of your time? Like, I didn't care if you were a VP or whatever. Like I put my pants on just as you, you do. And I think travel helped me with that. And I'd walk in and I'd yeah. be like, Here's the five things we could improve today to yeah. make this better. Here's the time frame we could do it. Here's the resources I think we need, and I'd like to be on the project. Right. And like, um, okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of how that worked. And I guess, you know, throughout the years, um, I've been able to really hone in on what I love. And, and that yeah. what got, that's what got me to Wizardville. Wizardville, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can see it now. You know, Liz is look, listening for, for like quotes and everything. And put your pants on. <laughs> put your pants on. Just put right? your pants on every morning. Put your pants on Just every pull morning. Pull up your pants and you got this. Pull Nobody up your has... pants, you got this. Yeah. I love that. But you know, it's that attitude. And, and I know you sort of were sort of summarizing it, but the idea of traveling, and, and I also heard you say, like, you caught up afterward. I don't think so. Like, I didn't do that. I, I, I wanted to. And I think a lot of us wanted to, but it's almost like that responsibility pathway mm-hmm. it's like well you just do what you everyone does you high school and then you go to college or you do the next thing and you just do the next responsible thing but it's so important especially for certain personality types and i know we're very similar like just get out there without the constraints to just figure out 
you know, what, what do you enjoy? What are these passions? You know, better understanding what your passions are by not having anyone dictate them for you. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't think you caught up. I think, <laughs> I think, I think everyone else that didn't go on something like that is catching up now. Right. Yeah. Like how, and it's like, how do I sneak in the Appalachian trail when you have two kids and a job and all that? Right. It's hard. Right. Yeah. You got to, you got to do that then. Now, of course you can find times and places, but I think that was awesome that you, you chose to do that. You just sort of went with that and, you know, so universe sort of rewarded you by all these experiences and just taught you to pull your pants up. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and I, I was fortunate too. I got to go to India. That changed my life. That was what? like most was this a part of this is random travel time. No, or? This was, this was through work. So obviously I knew my love for travel. So anytime I could, uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, we got a trip. I'm really good at events. Like, if you just get me there, and I will bring back leads. I will network. Really? Um, and I always, you know, I document really well. So like, I, I well, I was raised also in a. I was brought up a Catholic profile. Yep. So like, my note taking skills are seriously on point because you know I had to nice. highlight every chapter. So I'm very process orientated, but I'm also kind of you know, just kind of outgoing and um, eccentric. So I'll have my outgoing eccentric moment and then I'll come home and I'll be like, and type it all up. So a lot of companies love that. They're like, whoa, we just got a book. Yeah. So would send me places. But when I was, um, when I was a director of marketing, I was uh, working on two sides of the house. One, a startup um, workforce optimization tool. And then the other was a call center and their headquarters were in India. And I got to go there for three weeks and oh. it was life-changing, life-changing. I mean, tell me about it. like how, where do you begin? You know, like what oh. changed your life? Um, well, the first thing is, and I don't know how appropriate it is, but it's a, it's a real moment. It's a hardcore moment. Hey, hardcore um, marketing. I've, I was, yeah, exactly. You're, you're I was soft, never turn it off now. <laughs> and don't come back. Right. Yeah. Um, don't, ups don't unsubscribe. No. Yeah. Um, so I went overseas and uh, the first week I was there alone and I had never traveled mm. overseas. I just traveled in the States, you know, right. maybe Canada, maybe Mexico, but not really anything more than that. Yeah. And, um, I'm a very tall, like, like, you know, I'm built like a farm girl, you know, so you got mm. broad shoulders and, you know, big mouth and I got blonde hair. And, Is this after um, the concrete too? Yeah, this is after the concrete. Work concrete. Yeah. I mean, like, muscles, tough. No. <laughs> tough. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but uh, how tall are you? Are you are you tall? Are you like super tall? Uh, five six. Okay. So not that, but definitely tall for India, right? Because okay. the frame of everyone is sure. very different. And you were just. Yes, yeah, so we you land see, and ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna get you. No, get you. <laughs> uh, but we land. I land, and you know, first of all, the airport doesn't have walls, and then there's like guys with like machine guns, like around the baggage claim. And, okay. And I always say, well, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, just look for the person with your name. You know, and I'm from the Midwest, so we just smile at everyone all the time. We do things like, oh, yep, you're fine, no problem. Yeah. Oh, oops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I just I'm walking cool. through, like, super like sweet, and I'm like, hey, and people are like, you know, and everyone is very friendly there, too, but yeah. I'm looking for, like, that one person that I'll nod, you know, when you recognize someone from across the room, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, hey. oh, it's me, gotcha, totally. so, like, I go outside, I'm trying to find my ride, and there's, like, 50 people smiling at me, and I'm like, I have no idea oh, who's no. to go right now. Like everyone's like, yeah, come on, I'll give you a ride. Yeah, yeah, so then, right. Yeah, I get get my ride, and we we he gives me a um a handkerchief to put over my mouth. Well, it was like four in the morning, and I was I'm like, okay. And I don't know if anybody knows Inspector Gadget. Like back in the day, yeah. 
okay so he gives me this white envelope and and then we put this thing around my mouth and then we run and you know i have like three weeks of luggage but we're running running we're running to get to the rickshaw which hello that's amazing we get into the rickshaw and um you know he's kind of yelling at me half english huh you like ran to it we ran to it. He was like, hurry, hurry. I'm like, oh, what? okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Are we being chased? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Is this a movie? <laughs> just trying to beat traffic. I get it now, but oh, I'm just like, because it was, the plane had landed and we were in Hyderabad and we needed to get to the industrial city or we'd be stuck for like three hours, oh, right? Geez. And I found out that at like four in the morning, they, there's garbage that's being burned. So there's a big smog. So he wanted to get me covered and get on the road so we didn't get stuck into this like three hour thing Um, between, you know, because there's no stoplights, like (laughs) there's just cattle and all sorts of random things on the road. So we get in and um, he kind of motions to me to open up my envelope, right? Uh, And I'll make this short, but it's... (laughs) No, 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 we got got time. There's like a Nokia phone and a key. And I swear, I I swear you not, like I'm not lying two seconds after I opened the envelope and grabbed the phone, it rang. Oh, <laughs> shit. So That's like Jason Bourne. Yeah, I'm like, is this like is something going to explode? You know, so I, I, you know, I answer it, and then the gentleman who took care of me that entire uh, time, he was amazing, was just kind of saying, you know, did you land okay? And I'm going to meet you at the hotel and everything else. But um, that first experience was crazy. And then, of course, getting into where I was and with all the jet lag and everything. But, you know, everyone was staring at me and I had never experienced that before. Mm. I had never gone into an environment where I was clearly like, what does not belong? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're the minority. Me. I don't yeah. belong, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I don't mean that to be a negative thing, but that's, that's a really, I think it's a place every, everyone should feel, should understand how that feels at least once in their life because you do have such a different perspective on things so that was the first experience but throughout the weeks um i had uh friends that i'd made at work and they um we got to go to their house and experience food and tradition and all sorts of really cool things and i've kept in touch with everyone on facebook which is like i love facebook because of that um and just uh before i left i got henna done and i got a a sari that they fit for me and then here i am in like these executive meetings and there there's not a lot of women in, in, you know, in those types of roles. So I would come in, I mean, and I felt so proud to be in a sari and then go to an executive meeting. And I was, I was pitching, I was pitching inside the, yeah. Yeah. Cause I had just came back from Dreamforce and oh, I was pitching so cool. to get, get the money approved so that we could add these two tools. So I had this big presentation and I had to go in front of the CEO and everybody and basically, you know, have them have faith that these two tools are what we needed. And I was doing it in a sari and it was, it was so cool. And there's one of my good friends, Bagarvi, she was just like, that was this, you know, there was just this cool sisterhood that we developed in those three weeks of like, you go girl, you know? So, um, but yeah, some really good friends and family, amazing food and just uh, the spirituality and awareness of self, but just, it really Mm. was an amazing experience. So, you know, like, no, no, no. I mean, this, this is so fascinating. It like, so you were wearing the sari. It, it, I can I can totally see that because sometimes people they just they're stoked that you know how to say please or thank you you know right, right. and I always felt like whenever you travel you want to at least have enough to be polite yeah. and and you you just trying to learn that much makes people's day because they're like oh okay you're not just some person just expecting to just be English you just got a little bit of you know got a little oh, bit. Yeah. 
yeah. know, ramble on. I don't have that much knowledge, but I can at least be, be thankful. Oh, they, it was funny yeah. because they knew how open I was. So first of all, everyone eats so much food and everyone is so tiny. And I'm just like, and they always have food catering in and stuff like that. And I'm sure I got some special treatment because, you know, we came from the States, but all these different foods. And then I, my friends, they come up to me and they, they like, you know, try this. And I'm like, okay. And then right when I get it to my lips, everyone starts laughing. And I'm like, well, am I not supposed to try this? You know, like, like, cause I would just say yes to everything. And then right. some stuff would be super spicy and some stuff would be like mushy inside and get all over my face or whatever. And we would just laugh, you know, and it was, it was awesome. just a really cool experience. I got to go to the market. Um, I've got some, some cool garb around the office. Uh, that's what inspired the color of my office here. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then we got to even go to, um, uh, Falconuma palace. And, uh, so it was really strange to see. So long history short, um, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. So I'm not going to talk about what I don't know, yeah, so but it is a palace that is traditioned in both European and, um, uh, Spanish and Indian tradition. And it, there's like, um, you know, things made of ivory and stuff, right? So wow. super faux par, but back in the day, I mean, that was, it was just so much wealth. Oh, yeah. And then right next to like just tarps and, you know, it, there is no separation of like yeah, yeah. class. It's all together. Um, it was just an interesting experience, but, um, but everyone, no matter what class was just amazing, like just big smiles and, and curiosity. I would say curiosity is the biggest word that I, if I were to express India curiosity, everyone's like these child eyes, right? Everyone's just like really excited about the day and really excited mm. about the moment. They live very present. And so a lot of those things I tried to take away and bring back to, you know, the States and I my work. That. Yeah. And the family meals too. Mm -hmm. Going home with someone, I, like it's, it's a thousand, 10x percent uh, yes. better. You know, you got the touristy meal, you got the, the meal in the hotel or somebody's house where they're cooking you something. I remember you being like Canada or like Quebec, that home cooked meal, you see how, how they live and how they interact. Like it's priceless. You it's know? so cool. The smells and like yeah. just getting to, to know people's quirks and like the little things that make them tick and they open up more and stuff. So, but my traveling is not over. Um, my husband and I are really hoping in the next couple of years to buy a schoolie. So if there's any schoolies out there, what's a school? So a uh, school bus conversion. So we were thinking like, oh, do we yeah. want to do an RV? Do we want to do a camper? Do we want to do a pop-up? Do we want to, we do a ton of camping and traveling and he hasn't done a lot of traveling um, and he'll probably retire before me. Um, but I can work anywhere. So I'm like, yeah. you retire early. Well, look, he's awesome at like carpentry and stuff like that. I can make anything look pretty with paint and fabric awesome. and uh, functionality. So we want to completely gut a school bus, Hell convert yeah. it bring our dog and cat with us and just go, just go, go yeah. see what we can see. So yeah, those travel days are not over, but it might take a few years for us to do it. But I think we're going to do like a YouTube channel and like, right now we're, 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 we're following other people doing it. So we're trying yeah, to I've seen some of those too. You watch them so cool. and like, that's not my skill. So I'm impressed. <laughs> the fact like someone hangs a, a, a photo on a wall. I'm like, you found the stud. That's pretty impressive. But, but seeing people and like yourself or, you know, the videos where people take a school bus, they're ripping out chairs 
Yeah. Or everything and they're building. They, yeah. have, they have a house now inside a school bus. Well, so and they cool. all do it perfect. Like remember when we said earlier, like, do not be afraid. Like true. I don't have any idea like how we're going to make a, a, you know, a toilet work, you know, all this other different stuff, but we're just going to start tearing shit apart and then right. we'll go from there. That's true. Yeah. You can always adjust the pipes. Yeah. Probably test it though. Before well, we'll probably do a compost. <laughs> probably will not have it, <laughs> but yeah. We've got a whole plan, but I think it's fun. I don't know. I think people need to, people need to think a little more uh, unorthodox because again, that, like you said, that structure sometimes isn't for everybody. Um, But yeah, think about your end user, bring it back to marketing, right? Maybe your end user lives on a schoolie, you know? So think about the things that you're going to send to them and what product services you have and broaden out those personas a little bit. So right. Even between you and me. And other people, there's different people with different, so your buyers are as diverse as, as they come. So get to know them, you know, like getting to know you here. This has been awesome. right? just to talk about, hear these stories and what changes people's lives. Everyone's got that in our Mm -hmm. buyers. We forget that they're like people, People. they're actually (laughs) human, like like (laughs) on a screen. It's like that one that has a name underneath it is actually, you know, when I was at an event, I just looked at someone, I was like, you know. I look at people and I'm like, person has hopes and dreams and fears and history and a childhood and who, like all the experiences that you have yourself, like they have these things too, in different ways. And it's like, so, it, you know, when you think about it that way, it's not such a programmatic approach to just blast. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think that's an awesome way to, to kind of tie up the segment too with dynamic content. I mean, yeah. We say start small so you don't get overwhelmed and you should, but also reevaluate the kind of information your company is learning about folks. Mm. Everyone can get revenue size, seat size, how many beds in a hospital. Like, is that the information that really makes them tick mm. to choose you over somebody else just because they're that size? I get it's basic stuff we have to have, but what other questions are you asking? What other questions can you ask? How can you frame them so that your end user actually is like, wait, you want to know that about me? Like today, you know, what about yeah. me? Cool. You, you, you want to know something about me? Now I'm more engaged in you right. and it can happen at a business level too. I think we forget that. I think we like, we're a person at home and then we go to work and we have these tasks to do mm-hmm. to this list of folks. Um, but if we take into consideration who they are on the end of that list, I think we'd be more successful as marketers. The, the ones that do are nailing it. I mean, yeah. there's some examples out there. The people who are, you know, creating communities like Harley Davidson and, uh, you know, this is one obvious example, but other, you know, places that are creating the Ohana, right? Yeah. When you create a community yeah. of your end users and start to understand what makes them tick. They're going to be more engaged in you. And in the end, what you want is more dollars spent, right? And earned. Yeah. So uh, you have to think about it, I think, in a more personal approach. I think you'd be more successful. So yeah. that's my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it takes courage, you know, like in, I, I'm seeing this in you that you were describing here, but, you know, c- courage to leave and just go about the con- country or other countries by yourself. Show up. <laughs> I'd be freaking out. Run, run for the rooftop. Like, what the, like, what's going, but like the courage and then, you know, like, and even in the marketing, it's, it's easy and safe to just stick with that first name. Yeah. But start somewhere and, you know, get off, you know, you know, take that first step, but then take the next one. And each step, I, I, it's scary. I get it. Mm-hmm. You got to keep doing it. And there's so much out there. And to your point, you start with some, some AB simplicity, but then 
eventually maybe you learn more about that person as a human, you know, and, and you can, you can better help them make that decision instead of tricking them with as information you're able to help them more. Absolutely. Yeah. Message, message and content is key. I mean, yeah, we're so bombarded, all of us with so many messages that um, I'm going to skim, but if I see something that I like, I'm going to stop and read. Right. So, you know, that, that's the difference right there. So cool. So cool. Well, this has been awesome. Where can people yeah. find you? Cause I know people are like, <laughs> I got to get some more of this. I want to follow the school bus. I want to, <laughs> you know, like where is Jen now? You know, where is she going? And, or just they well, don't see you in a sari or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, no, but obviously you guys, uh, anybody interesting can follow me on Twitter at Jen talk tech to me, just how it sounds at Jen talk tech. I like that. Do you talk tech uh, two to me? is a is a is a is a number two. So at totally. talk tech to me. Um, obviously on LinkedIn, I got my full formal name there. So Jennifer Lynch Jenner on LinkedIn. Obviously, yeah. um, you know I'm a I'm a Cheshire Impact gal. So you can always uh, find me and many mm -hmm. other amazing people. Um, yeah. I call us the hive mind because it's just so freaking cool to have so many people who are so talented uh, be able For to sure. like combine. So um, yeah, if, I mean. Obviously, those are the top three places, but Dreamforce, you know, you know, yeah. both let us know if anybody's going to be there. Uh, I'll be there. In case you'll be there, we've got uh, Dave coming as well. He's part mm -hmm. of sales, but he's awesome again, very solutions driven. So uh, if anybody wants to have a coffee or an adult beverage, let us know. That's yeah, it. for sure. That's totally it. Well, I don't know if you look at the clock, but time is just like, ba -ba yeah, I know. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Chad Cathy's. Yeah, like no trouble at all. Like, oh, do we have enough? <laughs> Do we have enough things to talk about? For <laughs> sure. And there's like 80 bullets we didn't even talk to, which we'll have to do like next time. I know. Um, I feel bad. I think awesome. I got a little sidetracked. But yeah, no, very cool. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk right. soon. Well, yeah, this has been cool. And so thank you. And everyone listening, if you learn something or you're heading to Dreamforce one year or you know someone that is, you know, shoot them a link to this podcast, whether it's on YouTube or, you know, your favorite podcast app whichever one you're using this on right we just send them a link so they get this information it's all about we're just here to teach so like get this information out to people that want to hear it um you know the idea of that start simple and, and i mean so many good nuggets in there so you know share this with someone um and get that word out there so, absolutely all right well hey everyone jennifer everyone jennifer. out there we will see you all next time. This has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. Bye.